Greetings, mortals, and welcome to Heimdaller's home. This is Celtic God speaking. Uh, we we have a fairly full house today. How are you guys doing, Ike? I'm doing all right. How about everybody else? Hans? Oh, I'm all good. Mayo? I'm doing well. Glad to be here, as always. <laughs> so, uh, first things first, I want to thank everybody that listens to us on, on uh, the podcast platforms, because these are always reposted to uh, podcast listening platforms. Um, so thank you guys that actually helps us out a lot uh, monetarily and um, today's topic is the cost of religion we're not here to talk about specific religions but really overall what is religion and what is the cost of of said religions yeah because this is the thing is ethnic faith and I've delineated by this before is 
ethnic faith is intrinsic. It is natural. Like, I, I'd usually equate it to growing a beard. The action is not actually growing a beard. It is the shaving. The denial of the growth. But now, that's not trying to shame me into shaving or anything. Whereas a religion is wearing a funny hat. The action is all in putting on the funny hat. Wearing the funny hat. Refusing to take off the funny hat. Yes. And, and it does... And anybody can jump in at any time because I'm sure that we all have thoughts on this. But I have noticed many religions crop up. And we're going to stay away from the traditional what people think of as religions. And more focus on some of these new ones that's popping up. And some of them a little less new. Like academia has become a religion. Science has become a religion. And before anyone gets their panties in a twist, if you can't question it, it's a religion. Yes. Uh, pop culture has become a religion. Start besmirching someone's favorite character in a show. You, you'll you get as angry as if you were talking about and, Oily Josh. And they all have similarities with each other, even though the topics might be completely different. Um, and, and, yeah, it's weird. Have you have you noticed that all the religions, because we, we talked about it a little bit before, but like academia, science, uh, medicine, which is part of science, but it's actually separated in the way that's viewed. Politics, um, social justice. They all have their fancy hats and their fancy buttons or their fancy jewelry. Whether it's a button or a necklace. They all have fancy hats and they all have fancy jewelry. Has anybody else noticed this or is this literally... Yeah, it's me? actually... There's actually a meme out there that religion is just an excuse to wear funny hats. <laughs> Oh, no, did we disconnect from Discord, or have we already floored you guys? You don't know where to uh, start? No, no. <laughs> I got to prime the yeah, pump a little bit more? That's true, because, again, it's like, the problem, it, you know, if you want to wear a certain piece of jewelry to represent that you're pagan, like if you want to wear a Mjolnir or you want to wear a pentacle, that's fine. But religion is saying you have to do this, or else yes. you're not good at or else you don't count. You're not part of the club. Or, that's different as far as that kind oh, of Oh, your fancy necklace is only this big? Look at how pious I am. Look at how good I am. See how big my fancy necklace is? It reaches all the way to my navel. Respect my authority. Right, right. Yes. <laughs> but it, it's a whole thing. And I've noticed that people keep trying to create dogma where we have none. You know, people will... Uh... Well, we've pointed out before, religion is a control mechanism. Well, what are what are these... Or it, It's a method of control. So what are these mechanisms for this control? It can be something like, don't question. It can be something like, say these words in this order. Or just say these words. You must work these words into your everyday language to be part of the group. You must wear this fancy hat. Or mask, or uh, whatever. It, it doesn't matter. You must dress this way. You must present yourself in this way, or you are not. Um, read this book. Hold this book. You don't need to read the book, but hold the book. Talk about the book, but you don't have to actually read the book. As a matter of fact, we'd prefer that you don't read the book. Well, and in general, I don't like to pick on individuals, but this is one such case that I feel I must make an exception. The Asatru Edda that was written, for anyone who has not looked through it or read it, it's basically a Bible with pagan Are words. you talking about the one written by the Norena Society? Yes, the one that is 
it it uh, it really messes with stuff. Like it take it erases Sigurd and gives a lot of his deeds to Hodor. It makes Astara and not the same. Right. Um, among other things, uh, Erder is the same as Hell. But but the biggest problem is that they create an evil, which is another aspect of right. religion. There's they make, always the verses. They have to have an enemy. Yes, they did that with Loki. They make him well, let, Let's get away from that because that's too obviously religious. I know, but like so the, I'm with bringing politics, that up. Republicans. The enemy is the Democrats. Democrats. The enemy with, is um, white people. With medicine. The devout follower, follow, follow, follower not only wears a mask, but demands everybody else wears the mask. Um, for academics, they just quote the scholars... Uh, that support the current narrative and they never mention the ones that bring up arguments counter. And they will say, experts agree, scholars agree, academics agree. This is their way of saying, you sinner, you blasphemer, you, um, uh, or you're a good devotee of. All of these things, and it doesn't matter what it is. And they're trying to do this to our ethnic faith, which is why I wanted to do this show so that people can understand what it is that we're presenting versus what some of these other people are trying to present. Where you must wear wear a milliner, or you must wear a, I wish Moy was in here because I can't remember the name of that Slavic symbol. Or you must wear a... Perun's Axe Kalavrat. Right. Um, or you must wear a Triketra. Or you must... <clears throat> yeah, th- th- that's... No. No, they are creating religions. Yes, there's no rule saying you have to wear a Tyrannus wheel. The only reason people started even wearing Mjolnirs was to delineate themselves from the Christians of the time. There's even points where there's... And there's nothing wrong with wearing them, if you want to. Yes. Uh, Hans right, has... there's a difference between wanting to and, and feeling like you have to. That's the difference. Precisely. Uh, Hans hasn't really talked much. Uh, Hans, what do you think? Yeah, I was just collecting my <clears throat> my thoughts on the topic in general. Um, yeah, personal freedom seems to just vanish like snow before the sun when it comes to religion. And any who strays to the side must be declared as uh, as what you know is more typically an infidel, a heretic, a heathen, whatever you want to name it. Someone who you can go after. So that plays into <clears throat> plays into the darker aspects of uh, what a religion is usually meant for in terms of controlling people. It's uh, it's always on the behalf of an artificial hierarchy at the top, a priesthood of some kind. It doesn't matter what they name themselves. <clears throat> Those who uh, have, you know are usually loudmouths, or sometimes also are charismatic manipulators, or both. The uh, who always profit <clears throat> from then a following of those who who don't want to you know who who give up actually their their own uh, their own personal um, mm, freedoms I suppose <clears throat> their well, resources whatever and be. in many and cases just, in well, many cases too you notice they have a tendency to uh, want to insist on the truth. If you disagree with them, well, you just refuse to look at the truth. And if you show them anything counter, they actually turn away. 
Oh yeah, yeah. you see that a lot. You see that with <clears throat> yeah, with these different actual religions with science, you know, get into an argument with somebody about science and say, well, wait a minute, I don't know that that's really the right thing. And you present them with something and yeah, they will just, they will shut down. It's, and it's it, amazing. And it doesn't matter what religion they follow. It can be social justice. It can be mm-hmm. racial awareness. It can be white positivity. It can be because that's becoming a religion. Hate to tell you guys, watch for yeah. it. Watch for it. It's becoming a religion. This, this is one way that you can find out disagree with them on one point that you can actually back up and do not give ground. Do not agree to disagree. Say, no, this is the way that it is and watch them freak the fuck out. Yeah, and, they, and in particular, they will call you a sinner of some kind. Well, and yep. they've even gone so far as to Christianize a pagan god. They've cast Prometheus as Yahweh and taken the other gods and made them demonic. Right. Well, and... Um, in particular, this is this is one I've gotten people from the white positive sphere, and really, I am extremely white positive. You don't get any more white positive than basically relishing in your own people and trying to get your own people to be proud of being themselves. And when they call me an anti-white, or that I have swallowed the anti-white narrative, does anybody that actually listens to me or listens to us? Do any of you actually think that there's even an inkling of anti-whiteness about me? But I've had these people call me an anti-white, which is the effectively the same as calling me a sinner. Exactly. And I'd like to make something clear. I got nothing against Prometheus. He's actually a really cool Greek deity. He's not Yahweh. I mean, even even the word God is ripped off of a pagan god and given to... Well, and many pagan gods. It depends on which language. Yeah, because God was more of a title. It yeah. was a title for a title. Like, all the gods' names are titles, but right. God was, like, a step further. Like, Deus in the Roman. It just meant God, and they would right. give it to the God that was most important. Or, Tyr just means God. Yeah. A God of what? So then, you might look to... You might describe him as Justice, for instance. So, what is the old language for Justice? That would be his name, and then they just drop that. They drop that, and then just start referring to him as God... Because that's the word in their language. And it does. Which should make people now think of that as a go, hmm. Wow, his name actually translates to just God. He must be pretty important if they're not even. They're placing him so high that they removed the title. They removed what he does and just now refer to him as God. Well, and this actually gets into something else is people talk about the Indo European, and they're actually reconstructing it which and making up a religion out of it. Yes. They're making it up. There is no proof this actually existed and people are... You might as well follow the religion of the Dothraki. Yes. It's it's completely asinine. And, and, and you know, uh, the thing with this, with this white positive... I know we didn't want to really get specific, but I just want to point this out. Well, I just don't want to talk about um, what people think of as established religions. Everything oh, else right. is fair game. Why? Because right. how okay. is it Hellstorm <laughs> puts it? We bring the butt hurt. We yes, say things that people well. need to hear, not things that they want to hear. I'm going to bring a little butt hurt to the white positive sphere right now because, again, like, it's, you know, this has been, if you if you look at, at that particular group, that particular person, I'm sure you all know who I'm talking about. You know, it, this has been a long time coming. And he's using Prometheus 
you know, again, it's not, it's like he's Prometheus. He's turning himself into a god and worship me. And, you know, if you, like, again, if you disagree with him in the slightest, you could just say, hey, you know, at this point, I don't agree on. He'll either rant at you for an hour on his, you know, 20 hour stream that he does, or like in the comments on the YouTube videos, walls and walls of text going back and forth and not letting it go. And it's like, because. If you disagree, now you're a threat. Now you're a threat mm -hmm. to his power. You're a threat to his religion. And that is and not to say that there's anything with being white positive and standing up for your people. There's not. Oh, no. However, but it has crossed into this other thing, which is actually detrimental to our people. It's not about being white positive anymore. It's not about not having white guilt anymore. It's become a cult of personality. It's become a religion. And you can't even say anything against this person or he will flip out at you and like all his little minions will come after you. This it's a real it's it's a fanatical religion. It's a cult. Right. That's what it's which is exactly why why I ask people that listen to us. Don't do that. No, double check literally everything we say. Right. D doubt us. Take anything that we say. Take it out in your yard. Get your biggest fucking stick whack on it and if somebody says something um be polite it's uh, i mean yeah be polite that that's that's all that that we ask be a grown-up show that you are a a baby god that you are so strong you don't need to actually attack people let them beat themselves to death on your shield we ask Anybody that listens to us to demonstrate strength, courage, and wisdom in everything that they do, which includes being polite. We don't need people going, because we brought up the white white positive sphere specifically, we don't need you guys going there going, hey, you guys are a cult, and, blah, blah, and just starting a bunch of crap. They already know what they're doing. However, we can be there for the people that don't want to, you know, that... Well, white positivity, this is good. But these people, they're being insane. We can stand there ex just oozing our strength so that they come to us. Well, and here's another thing to bring into mind is the mindset of the monotheism or the religious-osity or this or that, it has infected many parts of paganism. And I, I just came across while I was skimming through some of my books yesterday an example from the Finnish pagan. Uh, pantheon of all things. So before the Kali Vala was produced, the uh, Vainamoinen was generally accepted, and, and I know that I mispronounced that, as the most important or even quote-unquote supreme god, as some people like to say, of the Finns. However, he doesn't really fit the uh, Abrahamic mold of a super powerful sky god. So when the person who wrote the Kalevala wrote it, wrote down all these rune songs and rune poems and made an epic out of them, he put his own bias to work and started recrafting Vinamoinen into an epic hero and trying really hard to fit with this, um, this concept of the 12 gods of Olympus. And you can see this in the prose edda as well, where they pretty much arbitrarily choose 12 gods or so as if it's supposed to be that way. People try to use this as a way to point out, oh, no, these are all the same pantheons. Look, they have 12. It's because there was an intentional push when stuff was written down for that to be the case. Mm -hmm. It wasn't because it was always like that. And this is something you have to watch out when you're reading the myths, is there was an intentional 
desire to basically make the deities themselves submissive. So even if people still believed in them, they placed them as spirits underneath the Christian God. And this is the concept of religion. And there's usually two ways people go about religion. Either we're right, you're wrong, or you're right, but our stuff outranks your stuff. Right. Which is what Hinduism does. Right. Our well, way is the only way. Well, and so does uh, the religions of politics. What's that? Go ahead. Well, which is also a commonality for <clears throat> any form of religion in general. Yeah. Each specific yeah. religion will claim itself to be the truth or proclaim the word of the one true, uh, whatever it is. <clears throat> and again, you know, maybe it's worthwhile invest unless you guys want to go on in, in the direction we're going. But I wanted to bring up something additional too, is that it's in a certain sense, at least in my eye, and you may agree or disagree, that's up to you. In my eye, it seems that there is a lot of desperation uh, involved in it and a lot of uh, or and or laziness the laziness of religion why is religion appealing to lazy people because you don't need to think you only need to react <clears throat> function on your impulses it's the easiest thing you can do um, the other part is the desperation is well what does uh, what kind of people does religion appeal to people who are desperate People who have almost or actually have lost everything. No friends, no family, no wealth. Or, you know, a huge gap in one of those. And they turn to religion to at least have something. And to me, that speaks about how predatory uh, religion as a general concept is. It's, it's feasting on the... Yeah, on the desperation and the need that some people have. Say these uh, words, wear this thing, stand here. Well, you're good. Well, and I just had a thought that actually uh, thanks you for Hans for actually kind of making this happen. Religion is NPC programming. Just yep. stand here, do the thing, and answer these questions correctly. Whereas... And by the way, here's the answers. Yes, whereas ethnic faith is more the player character. You have to make your choices. There are these things that you have to react to, but your choices are still your own. What skills you do, what path you choose, uh, whether you are great or whether you are not great, it is all down to yourself. Whereas NPCs, well, they just do what is asked of them in their role and they're practically lights out the rest of the time. Yeah. And, well, I, uh, and again, you see it everywhere. And there's people making religions out of everything when... Really, if you think about it, religion is so bad for a people, especially our people. I can't speak so much for other people's, but for our people, it's shackles. Well, I, I'm not Christian, so I'm not religious. Are you sure that you're not religious? Are you sure that you didn't just slip one noose and put your head in another, or slip a noose to put your put your foot in a trap? Ugh. That's not to say there can't be structure. Like, you can have structure in the way that you uh, live out your ethnic spirituality. Like, right. you can, like, I've 
about this. You can do, if you like to do a ritual, you can do a ritual. You can have your little ways that you talk to the gods or the way that you maybe celebrate right. one because of the it, holidays. Because it That's makes you fun. feel better. makes you feel like you're actually doing something, right. which is wondrous. It's great to do that. But to then yeah. insist everybody else has to do that, now you're treading you're treading exactly. that line. Or to think that you you're have to do it. I have to do this or I'm a bad pagan. No, no, Or no. the gods are going to strike me down, you know. So it, it's... And that way, I guess, pagan, uh, our ethnic faith, returning to who we are, is harder. But there is still structure there. Because we do have celebrations. Some of us like to participate in rituals together. I haven't seen anybody that doesn't enjoy a, a good wedding. I mean, there's there's bad ones, but a good wedding where people <laughs> actually have fun. Um, I That is a ritual. It, it is a pairing ritual. And it's great. There is a structure there. This is a custom that we do. Uh, I'm writing something up on hospitality. There's customs and rituals involved in hospitality. Like, you don't just walk into somebody's house. You knock a door. What do you think that you just did when you knocked on that door? You performed a ritual. Yes, and this is another thing that I think people don't understand is you can self-impose rituals. Like, I know people that they feel like they need structure to their life. They need to have that extra push to get forward to the next. So they will personally put limitations upon themselves or a duty upon themselves to, to do this. And this is something we've done even when we're not Well, you, you do it every day, actually. You get up, you go to the bathroom, and then you, then immediately after that, you start lifting weights. Yeah. That is your ritual. I know that you're going to do this, and you do that because it makes you feel better about yourself, and it makes you feel more connected to the gods. It gets you pumped and ready for the day. But does everybody have to do that, or they're a bad pagan? No. It, no, and... It's all how you do it. It's like the reason we make fun of people that run is not because running is inherently bad. It's because... Well, it is. White people shouldn't run. It's bad not, for not our knees, for a bad long for our back. It's actually... I've seen people who take up running. They actually don't grow as tall because their bodies don't do well. But Anyways. What I was getting at is there's actually a really famous example of self-imposed rulings for self-improvement. Uh, this wasn't religion. This was just plain old self-improvement, and that was Benjamin Franklin's 13 virtues. Temperance, silence, order, resolution, frugality, industry, sincerity, justice, moderation, cleanliness, tranquility, chastity, and humility. And none of these he took to the extreme. Like, even chastity, the first thing we think is, oh, he, he basically made himself celibate. No, he said, rarely use venery, but for health or offspring, never to dullness, weakness, or the injury of your own or another's peace or reputation. So in other words, don't rape and don't beat your crotch into, uh, into hamburger. Yeah, and uh, don't overdo it to the point where you're spitting out dust. Right. But this is basically, he self-imposed this when he was 20, and throughout the rest of his life, he st- he wanted to become the man he was, so he self-imposed this. And other people can take that example and run with it. Just like uh, the nine noble virtues that uh, Stephen McNallan came up with. Those aren't commandments. They're suggestions. Right. And they're just his suggestions. They're not inherently intrinsic to paganism. They're just things that he ran his life right. by. And, well, I talk about strength, courage, and wisdom all the time. Because my family did. And the reason why I do that is because... 
I might understand it differently than you do, but everything that I break down as being noble comes down to incorporating these three aspects. And the more noble the deed is, the more of these aspects that, that it includes. So you can do something that's noble that is only strength. It could be physical strength is the easiest one to go to, but there's more kinds of strength than just physical strength. But that's why I talk about those. In a way, that's kind of a structure. You structure your life around strength, courage, and wisdom. Do you have to view it that way? Well, no, but if you are noble, when I see the things that, that you're doing, I myself will then be able to attribute these things to, well, this person was strong for doing this. They was courageous because they did this or because they didn't do this. Um, and they showed wisdom in it because they understood what they was doing before they actually did it. Well, and in comparison to these, which are simply put suggestions or personal improvement, you then have things like the Ten Commandments from uh, Judaism, which is explicitly used as you right. must uh, do this. And now I just realized we're getting away from the, the, the what, what is the cost of religion? It cuts you off from this. Yes, it cuts it you off. It cuts you off from self-responsibility. It cuts you off from free will. Cuts you off from thinking for yourself. It cuts you off from the entirety of your people and starts hemming you down into one particular group. Well, for example, um, in a universalist faith like Christianity, and I'm not trying to pick on that specifically, it's just the one I have the most experience with. Oh, there's other religions that you have even more experience with than Christianity. Oh, true. Secular uh, faith as well. Yeah. The, the social justice, you actually have more... Yeah, I, I, I have more experience dealing with the social justice people. And it is a full-on religion. They, they treat academics like they're priests. And if the... This is the funniest part. Is when but the, not all academics. No, no, because if they disagree. Because I actually witnessed this. Um, one of my teachers in college, he actually, um, he wasn't even like pro fracking. He was just realistic and was like, we cannot currently with the technology at our disposal successfully convert ourselves to renewable energies. We would be better off using fracking to get our dependence of foreign oil gone and to focus on nuclear power. And the freaking and like a whole horde of like grannies and leftists and showed up and a bunch of Native Americans were like arguing that they should have someone come in to like argue with him about this because uh, even though he they tried they started smearing his reputation claiming that he was being backed by oil companies. So in other words, he was a sinner. Yeah, he How was a heretic that must be burned at the stake. Yes, and this all comes from. Uh, religiosity fervor, religious fervor, as well as this was put into communism as a form of struggle session, which uh, I think Razor Fist talks about this a lot, is basically it's when you disagree with the group, they wreck your life, they badger you, they attack you until you either apologize or conform. This is why you never apologize to the mob. Never. It is what they want and they feed off of it. And this right. is, happens in Christianity. This happens in Islam. And you're lucky if you escape with your life in a lot of these. Yes. The more power they have, the more harsh the punishment well, there's, the person there's who dares to There's people in the U.S. that have not escaped, and this is in the U.S., that have not escaped the mob, and, and they ended up dead because of this religion. Well, it's like 
If you and, give, then, and then their death is celebrated. Well, like the the Dra Muhammad competition that got shot up. Well, many well, have been shot up. Attempted. Well, one of them was attempted. Another one was not. Uh, there was the French uh, satire thing that got shot up as well for daring to draw Muhammad. That's a religious thing. I don't really care if you miss... Well, I do care if you start pe- depicting our gods as, like, blacks or something disgusting. Right, but we're going to call you a poopy head. We're, we're going to call you an asshole and an idiot. We're not going to shoot you. That That's something a religion would do. Do I like it that Heimdallas exists in the Marvel Universe or that Valkyrie is black? No. Or that even that they depict Thor as a blonde when he's typically depicted as a redhead. I don't really like that. I'm not personally going to go find Chris Hemsworth and try to beat his head in because how dare you depict the wrong hair right, color. And we're back into talking about gods again when really we should be focusing on secular and then people trying to take our ethnic faith and put it inside of a pretty little box. Yes. And, and say, read this book, wear this this piece of jewelry, say these things. Well, and this could actually tie into just sort of... A lot of the uh, current universalist faiths, like Wicca and Asatru and Druidry, that have spawned from paganism, but are themselves just controlling ethnic... Uh, controlling universalist religions... They will often equate gods. Like, you'll see the Wiccans do... Regana from the Baltic is the same as the Morrigan because they're both witches that turn into birds. Mm-hmm. Or uh, Hala is the same as Babiaga because they're both forest witches. And they do this a lot. Uh, that sun god and this sun god, well, they're the same sun god. Everything ties back into the mother goddess or the, the god or anything. It, it's, it all, it's stripping them of meaning and jamming them together to have control. Because that was the whole thing with Roman religion is they started whittling away at their gods to make them fewer and fewer. Because people are easier to control if they're just obeying a set of basic gods rather than all and of them. And most gods. religions actually start as, quote unquote, an ethnic faith. Well, only this group can be, but once they get it structured, well, now anybody can join. And you can see this in some of the, let's let's call them European ethnic faiths. Well, it's not universalist. Well, that's because currently right now you're still forming the structure. However, there are portions of, of some based off from it where then it turns into anybody can do this. Why? Because as soon as you narrow it down to this god or this set of gods created all of humanity. Anything that's human-shaped, well, that includes anything that's human-shaped. Is it ethnic anymore at that point? The answer is no. Or um, people will often try to make ethnic faith a religion of the land. So Uh anyone that lives there can worship the gods. Yes. This is really not the case. And I even just did a story on my channel, Thor and Vinland. They were on North America, which most people don't consider uh, ancient European land. I do, in the forests especially, based on some evidence. Um, They followed him. They followed our people wherever we went. They fight with us. We are them. They are us. The dirt that we stand on, while it might be important, it is not the deities. The deities travel with us because we are an extension of them and they are an extension of us. And at that point right here, I'm going to cut for a commercial break. Yay! All right, welcome back. Uh, Thanks, everybody that listens on 
on the podcast because that really does help us out. Uh, helps us out more th- more than you know. It's, we're not getting rich off from it, but if everybody listens, then we make more. Because really, um, just on the podcast, uh, if everybody that follows us, even allowing for um, for um, what is that overlap? Like you might follow us on D Live and on Telegram. Okay, well that's one person in two places. So allowing even for that across all of our platforms, all of our followers, we'd be making. Just off from listens on the podcast, about five dollars per episode that we do, give or take. However, most people don't for whatever reason. So we make uh, I don't know, uh, twenty cents to maybe a dollar. So twenty cents doesn't sound like much, but twenty cents is way better than one cent, which is way better than no cents. So again, thank you, thank you for listening. And uh, really. Uh, yeah. Because some people will say, well, you guys are you're setting up your own religion. Okay, fair enough, I, I, I guess-ish. Only in the absolute loosest sense. That's why people call us these weird... I agree with that notion that what we're doing is religious because everyone has his own, is his own agent within what we do. And we actually encourage that people just come here to what would you call that to fill that that hole in their soul which is where their spirituality should be their the the link to their heritage should be and to say that yeah there is also no particular structure here and we said a million times already that we have no interest in being leaders of some kind we want to help our people we want to do right by our people if that means that some will listen to us more well, that is something else because they even do it voluntary then. There is no, and they can step away as, you know, whenever they feel like it, whenever they think they should. Right, and there's a lot of people that do, and some people, we've, we've also bumped people. Yeah, and we've, I mean, how, how much more proof do you need? Uh, like, we're still in, you know, still, we're out of the inception of what we are what we want to accomplish we're in that first stage you might say and we we've had people who want to push their their religions you might say onto us we said no they left we didn't try to compromise with them we just told them if you don't like what we do go somewhere else have fun there and they did we didn't get uh you know, and no, some I people come back, and some people come back, and we don't kick them in the nuts for for going and looking looking somewhere else. <laughs> you know, we kind of expect people to do that and then to come back. However, if you come back and you're a butthead again, well, we can only forgive so many times. And then uh, it's not that you can't stay in there. It's just be quiet because we will notice you. But yeah, it's um yeah, it's a go ahead. Push. We just want our, you know, it's it's just about our culture of our of our people, our actual culture, which is based on self improvement, you know, as an individual, but in link with with the with the group, with the tribe, you might say, there is not just the collective of the religion, where you can't be yourself, or you may just get 
you know, burned at a stake or get stoned to death or whatever kind of horrible stuff it is that they do. You may not get tossed out on the streets as a child because you disbelieve what your parents uh, are, you know, zealously hold on to. That's not a thing with us at all. If anything, you know, strength of character. Yeah, it's like what uh, Tao said also, it's the, to put it in those terms, playable character, right? You make your own choices, and we here respect that, even if it is, you know, if it comes down to disagreement. So long as it remains reasonable. If someone comes in, you know, with disagreement, but uh, acts like a lunatic or just is just ridiculous, yeah, then of course we're gonna push him out of the door, right? That only, you know, what yeah. sane person would? Why would you humor that? Uh, well, so yeah. Um, I, I not to cut you off, but there's a, a good question because I was mentioning a podcast, and uh, somebody asked, uh, "Is Duke Rufus?" He asked, "Can you interact on a podcast platform like you can on D Live or YouTube?" Honestly, the answer is no. But what you can do there that you cannot do um, on our live streams is you can send us a voice message if you go because I have it activated, turned on. If you go to the Anchor app and listen to us on there, you can actually send us voice messages. So that's that's something that you can do there that you can't do here. And you can on the Anchor app itself, you can actually directly support us financially if you choose. Or just listen to the podcast, which also supports us financially. Uh, if you want to directly support us, you can also buy our uh, magazine. Yep. And you can also... Europe, uh, Europe and Diaspora for anybody that's unaware. And, and uh, check us out on Subscribestar, uh, where we do have unique articles there for people to check out that go in-depth on specific subjects. Right, and we're, we're working up some other stuff to put on there, audio and visual, stuff like that. So, yeah, you, you can check out our subscribe. If you want to support us financially, check out our subscribe star because there's there's material that goes there that doesn't go anywhere else. Um, the Anchor app, you can support us there directly financially or just by listening to us because we get paid for the commercials on there. Um, but only the Anchor FM commercial currently. Um, or there's the Wilder, Wilder Homes Project GoFundMe. And Wilder is spelt W-Y-L-D-E-R. I believe that's that's all the money things. Because, yeah, I already mentioned the magazine as well. Yeah, I think that's all the money things. But, yeah, um, and uh, I can say that the Subscribestar, it's really, I think it's worth it. It's, it's like five bucks a month. And the articles that are up there now, they're really good. They're really, really great articles. Um, Cal just did an article about Doctor Who, which is fantastic if any of you guys are Doctor Who fans. So I definitely can I can attest that the subscribe star is definitely worth subscribing to. I'm very happy that what I write is at least worth a, a cup of coffee, so I'm glad I've been able to do that for <laughs> yes. you. Yes, you, you can at least buy us a cup of coffee. <laughs> and um, getting back to, I wanted to uh, address something Hans had said kind of towards the beginning that a lot of these um, different religions, be it, you know, an actual religion or a, a, you know, white positive or politics, whatever, the desperation of a lot of the people that it attracts. Oh, you know, a yeah. lot of these are, are lonely people, they're desperate people. And the reason why I think that can end up being so dangerous is you can get people that take things so to the extreme. For instance, you know, somebody could read 
a book. They could read one of the white positive books and then they could take it upon themselves. Oh, okay. There's a black church down the street. I'm going to go shoot up that church because now the guy who wrote this book, the guy who runs this podcast, he's going to be proud of me for doing that. Even if, you know, these uh, guys even though even though he actively speaks against doing such things. Right. It you're you're and the way he talks like he's like a salesman and he's like brainwashing people and you don't know like people that are listening they just want they want to be recognized like for him in particular you know people will give him all kinds of money he's not doing anything with it it's not like you know you're giving money to you know you're you're doing the subscribe star for Heim Dollars Home and you're getting the articles or you're donating to Wilder Home Project it's not he's just taking money and putting it in his pocket and these people will give him all this money just so he'll acknowledge them Oh, look at this wonderful guy. Like, uh, you know, oh, oh and Rufus, all of them. It do- and it doesn't matter what kind of religion it is, uh, social justice, uh, medicine, etc. Listen to our testimonials. We have testimonials. Yes. They want that. They These people are so lost and so lonely and they just want that recognition and they'll do anything to get it. And if you get somebody that's unstable on top of it, Man, you got to be real careful because you don't know what that person's going to do. And that's something that, you know, I, again, interacting with some of these these characters that have these podcasts and are, are creating these religions, you bring that up to them. They don't want to hear it. And it's like, okay, you know, I don't know how you can't see that as being a potential problem, but that's another danger of, right. of religion, you know, whether it be politics or science or whatever. Well, and, and part it's, of us trying to combat that, that's why we try to raise more questions than we can potentially even answer. Yes. If you notice the way that we present most of the things that, that we present, um, while we, we are discussing things, we end up actually raising more questions. If you're actively listening, actively reading, we end up raising more questions than we answer. Yes. And, yeah, and, and you know, I mean, it's one thing if you're being a jerk, but if people disagree or, like, you know, you, one of us says something and you disagree with it. I would hope people feel comfortable enough that they could say that and nobody's going to blow up at them. I mean, as long as you're not a jerk about it. Well, I mean, we because, have, I mean, we we have some regulars. With each other all the time, you know? We have some regulars in the, um, in the audience that dis- disagree with us. Not on the regular, like Finrath, he'll disagree with us on, on some, some aspects or a way that we portray things. But he doesn't do it consistently all the time. And it'll be like, oh, well, it's this way here, or I think this, which is in disagreement mm-hmm. with what we're saying, which is perfectly fine, but he's not disagreeing simply to disagree. If you're just being an asshole about it, we're going to treat you like, like an asshole. But if you're being genuine, well, then we'll have a genuine conversation. It's like uh, we, we've had Christians come into the chat and asking honest questions and actually stop the show to try and address their questions for them because they were honest and genuine questions. They weren't trying to do the, the setup. Aha, gotcha. Type questions. They was actually right, being genuine, right. and that's worth responding to. It's actually sad that we've had more respectful Christians than pagans that horribly disagree with what we say. Like we've had some right. really, uh, really disrespectful um, Asatru and Church of True kind of types come in. Whereas we've had very few Christians come into this. Well, and there, there's a kind of, um, yeah, most, most Christians that actually do bother speaking in here, they, they understand our rules. This is a pagan space. You're welcome to come in and listen. If you have a question and it's an honest question, ask the honest, honest question. But if it's an argumentative question, 
Well, at that point, you're just being a jerk. Um, and, and they respect that. But these other these other ones, not so much. But I forgot the point that I was going to make, and it was a positive well, one, I mean, and it was great. If, if you're in a in a group or in a live chat with some, and you can't disagree with that person without them attacking you, that's that's a sign that it's dangerous. That's a sign that it's becoming a religion because it shouldn't be like that. You should be able to have a dialogue, even if you don't always agree a hundred percent. I still can't remember the thing I was going to say, and it was it was amazing. <laughs> it was right there. I was explaining what it was going to be, and I should have just said it. Also, a blindness <clears throat> that goes hand in hand with those who fall into religiosity. Before I forget, I just remembered. Uh, thank you, Hans. Your voice <laughs> shook it right out of me. Um, Mayo and you keep bringing up the desperation of these people. They, that's one of the things that indicate that it's a religion, regardless of what the platform is, is there's a desperation, which is a desperate person is a scared person. That's fear. And scared people do stupid things. Now, here's the thing. If, if you understand your people, you understand who you are, who we are as, as the core... And you're talking to one of these other people who are desperate. They need you to believe what they believe the way that they believe it so that they can feel validated. What is your reaction to this when you're trying to counter counter uh, what it is that they're saying with something more positive? You don't get angry, or you might get angry, but that's actually because your heart is broken. You, you get sad, you get regretful, but you don't insist and start freaking out on them because they just aren't seeing what it is that you're saying. Instead, your response is, oh, man, this is so sad, and I'm angry because I just can't help them, but I can't help them. So then you end up just stepping back and being like, okay, well, I'm here. Should you realize that what you're doing is detrimental to yourself and to our people? But we, we don't go and insist that they believe exactly what we believe the way that we believe it. I mean, I'm pretty sure there's, what, uh, four of us in VC, and uh, I think that means at least 12 other people listening right, currently, right at this moment. We disagree on all kinds of things, but we don't insist that each of us believe exactly the same thing, exactly the same way, worship the same deities, say the same words the same way. We don't do that. We don't have that kind of des desperation because we don't need it. I mean, really, we, we've moved past that part of it. If it's these people, they know that they're wrong. That's why they're desperate. And they're desperately clinging to something. It's like the drowning man clinging to the sinking boat. Well, they're scared. Well, it's like uh, I had to block somebody uh, just earlier this week because they kept spamming me in DMs with... Uh, with Indo-European stuff that I'd please already believe seen. Me, please believe me. Please believe me. Yeah, and it got old. It's like, no, I'm not going to let you abuse the fact that I've allowed us to have some form of contact so you can push your Hinduism on me. I'm not playing that game. Buzz off. Well, and the whole, but this is the truth, so therefore you must believe. You must, and I will chase you and argue with you until you do. That's one of the giveaways of a religion. Yeah, it's and I, I'm I I really am sorry, Hans, because you don't speak very much. But I had to get that out because I kept forgetting it. That this desperation—it's a fear. It, it's stemmed. It, it's driven by fear or cowardice, and that's why they have 
They have to make you believe what they believe the way that they believe the way that they believe it. it it's a requirement. Yeah. That's um, this whole thing which you have to believe. You know, it's very interesting to analyze the language being used there. You need to believe in the truth. But here's the thing. The truth is there. It's always going to be there, whether you believe in it or not. Belief has nothing to do with the truth. And there is something very sinister in that word use, I would argue. Is that, no, you just want me to believe in the same thing that you do, just so you can feel, you know, like we said earlier, validated. I think we're uncovering some psych psychological, um, uh, what would you call that? Um, maybe not necessarily illness, but there is something, there's some uh, element to the human psyche, I guess, behind this whole, you believe the same as I, so I do not need to do any hard thinking myself. It's probably what it has a lot to do with. It's usually, yeah, <clears throat> they speak about, what's also typical in religions is they speak about saving people. Uh, which then, ironically, they tend to hurt them in the most horrific <laughs> ways possible. Which and and is, just as a, as a direct counterpoint, what is it that I'm always telling people? We can't save anyone. All we can do is be there for, for them to save themselves. You can argue with them until you're blue in the face and pass out. But I'm constantly reminding people, and I have to remind myself, I have to remind Tao, I remind Hans rarely, but sometimes, um, all of us, and I'm reminding you now, we cannot actually save anybody. All we can do is be there to help them when they save themselves. And you know, I'm going on, for, you know, going further on that. So, the those with their religious tendencies, they say they'll want to save you, and yet comes down to that they will hurt you, or force you into line, which is also hurting you. Really, it's just psychological abuse. Um. Yeah, which then, um, I shall put it. They, <clears throat> they want to by saying that actually it comes down to, no, you're saying you're actually it actually is an admittance on their part that they are wrong. They have it by they have it wrong. They just want to grab onto something easy because, yeah, again it makes them feel validated or it makes them feel wonderful and at the core of at the core of every being, everyone knows exactly what he or she is like, whether they admit it to themselves or not. That's also where zeal tends to come from, uh, in my observation. It's it's a yeah, it's a frantic, it's a murderous panic to run away from the truth of things, the actual truth of things, the reality around them. How, and perhaps even in part also that the organization, the religious organization they're part from is actually a horrible organization as it's, well as history has shown, it's not exactly a, a, a walk in the park. <laughs> if you, um, oh well, yeah, I mean, look up history. You'll have examples enough about horrors inflicted in the name of this or that religion, doesn't matter which one. Um, yeah, so uh, there is a lot of, of uh, backwards use of words. It's like, I'm here to save you, but what they actually say is, I'm here to murder you. Right. We're, we're well, there, it's you know, that, that opposite speech that, that religions have a tendency to have, uh, where it's a religion of love, but yet they hate everybody. 
It's a religion of peace, yet all they do is bring war. It's a religion of life, yet all they do is focus on death. Well, here's a big thing that I think... I'm here to save you, except for I'm not. The, the title of the, the show is The Cost of Religion, and this is actually, I've been thinking about it, one of the biggest costs of religion is that they basically have to say everything your ancestors believed before this was wrong. You descend from idiots who had no culture before we came in. Yeah. Because think about it. How many people who are Christian, they trace themselves to Christianity, but they're happy that their ancestors were massacred. They're happy that their culture was destroyed. They, they steal your past from you and give you a false identity. And this is one of the biggest costs. And then they turn around. And they turn around and they'll they'll lie to you. Like if it, I just read um, the hagiography of Saint Boniface, um, when you read it, if you read it as a Christian, I mean, it sounds like he's epic. But if you read it from the lens of what the heck's going on, I mean, it gets kind of ridiculous. Like for instance. The um, He claims that Boniface just ordered all his troops to stand down and let the heathens kill them. And then the heathens made off with... Because then they could spend time in, Christ, in Christian heaven. I think they just lost. And they were explaining that as why and how he could lose. How could a Christian lose? Right. And then they go forward and the heathens killed each other for the gold. That was just books. And the heathens had no value for books. And then here's the thing is nobody who was there would know what happened and then they turn around and they well, attack uh, and steal all their women and children and then the heathen saw the light and converted if you look at this from a even just a non-partial view it's obvious propaganda that makes our ancestors look terrible and completely misrepresents just how horrible the church was to the people well and it's it's not just that this is pushed by academia this is pushed by sci uh, by the science um, religion. This is pushed by the social justice uh, religion. This is it's pushed by the political religion. That we are horrible people and have always been horrible people unless we fall in line with what it is that they want us to do the way that they want us to do it. Well, and if you think about it, we are the ones that have been most having to deal with this concept of original sin. Mm -hmm. And they've pushed it on us and they've pushed it on us, so by the time they get around to social justice... Who is the one that you're most easily going to be able to vilify into thinking terrible of themselves? The people that have been trained to do that for over a thousand years in some cases. Us. So right. who what became the SJW, social justice, secular religion's original well, sin? Whiteness. Right. And, and here's the other thing, too, because you can show them proof. Like, they could, you could prove to them water is wet. And they will argue with you, well, technically water isn't wet. Because there's space between the, the water molecules, which is actually air. And it's all, they'll call it pseudoscience. They'll call it basically heresy. They'll call you a sinner. If they insist that water is dry, and you prove to them water is wet simply by throwing water in their face. Well, they even have new names for heretic in the modern secular religions. Or the, even the, they, they have, um, you have your adharmic. Or you're uh, a bigot. Or you're a conspiracy theorist. Fake news. Anti-white. So uh, all, all of this. And it's not that 
fake news doesn't exist. It's not that fake science does or pseudoscience doesn't it's exist. It's not that conspiracy theories but aren't pretty much if it disagrees with them, you can pull up all the proof in the world and they will just dismiss it out of hand. Well, like just to draw this For the, the social justice people, let's go with the, the white people from LA. The pink haired white people from LA wearing the pussy hats. Um you try explain to them People are inherently different. Um, pick them up and drop them in with the uh, the cartels down. In, well, uh, as a matter of fact, I don't even have to have to go with this because they end up proving us right all the time. Um, all people are inherently good. I'm going to bicycle across the Middle East and then get killed. And then they get killed. I am to, I am going to go vacation in the Middle East and show that these people are not the way that people say they are. And then they get killed. I am going to go do. I'm going to go here, and I'm going to go there, and I'm going to do this thing to prove you guys wrong. And then they get killed. Well, we're like, oh. And then oddly, we're the ones that get the most upset about that. Whereas the rest of them are like, oh, isn't that just tragic? I mean. It's like uh, you pointed out, I think, on a previous stream. The Uyghur camps, people, mm-hmm. everyone knew that they were doing that when they were making Mulan. Nobody cared until Mulan was already out. And then the outrage machine started. Right. You're not allowed to be outraged until you're allowed to be outraged, and then you better be outraged. Right, and only about the specific thing. Like, currently, the outrage is because they are Muslims. Yeah, it's a whole thing. It's they didn't give a shit when the Uyghurs were still white. Uh, and there might still be some white ones there, but most of them are mixed now because of the uh, forced insemination. Project. A.K.A. rape. Yeah. They, they was raping the women. Um, make sure that we got the mature tag on. They was raping the women, imprisoning the men. Nobody gave a shit when they were still white. Now they care because they're not white anymore. It's a minority group. And they're Muslim. So now it is okay to care. Well, what about when they were white and they weren't Muslim? Well, it's like the Japanese admitting the Ainu used to be white and the ones that are there are mutts. They they even admit we are descendants of the Ainu. We are not the Ainu themselves. Right. We are no longer Ainu. And the Japanese consider them a magical people and so do the leftists. The Ainu are magical. But they're not allowed to think of them as white. I mean, because if they do that, then they have to admit that this culture that was all around southeast and uh, northeastern Europe, right. guess the what The religion those were? of facts, that's another one. But you show them a fact that goes against their fact, and they lose their shit. Uh, everybody wants this, this singular truth, this magical truth. I'm here to tell you it does not exist. There are many, tr- many things that are true, and they're all laying side by side, and they don't all agree with each other. If you want an easy example, I'll ask you an easy question. Does water flow downhill? Any Anybody. Does water flow downhill? You guys in, in the VC with me, you're welcome to answer. Usually. Usually. And that's it. It usually flows downhill. The go-to answer is yes, water flows downhill. Except for when it doesn't. Sometimes it flows uphill. There's conditions around it flowing uphill, yes. But that does not negate the fact that it's true... On occasion, water flows uphill. Well, but yeah, yeah, what you're talking about, see, see, what you're talking about is you're talking about water pressure and volume. Yes, but 
due to that water pressure and volume, it flows uphill, right? Well, no, not really. Let me take you to this river where water is flowing up a damn hill and it's flowing up the hill because of the volume and because of the water pressure, which is created due to the volume and the speed of the flow of the water. Does not stop this, uh, does not bother the water at all that is going up a hill. The water don't care. Your fact oddly says that water only flows downhill, yet I can show you a fact that it flows uphill. Does that make them both false or does that make them both true? They are equally true. They are also equally false. There is no singular truth. There, that's really the only truth, the only singular truth, is there is no singular truth. What is true here is not necessarily true over there. There are many truths that lay side by side, and each one is equally true and equally false. Mm. And, and it's one of religion also isn't very fond of. <laughs> yeah, they like their black and white thinking instead of their shades of green. What's that again? Uh, yeah, the morality for dummies, which is also a thing usually. Uh, that is actually something that kind of changed uh, with uh, in more modern days. Uh, old religion usually revolves around. Uh, severe punishment if you disobey or great rewards if you obey also in the afterlife that makes it easier for these uh, hierarchies that are in control of the religions that they do not really need to reward anyone in the moment you know after death you'll get it you know <laughs> which is also um, I mean in my opinion that's quite a brazen admittance that they probably don't even uh, consider an afterlife to be a thing or if they do definitely not as they present it to their following uh, because they definitely do that to get away with stuff for themselves towards their following um, yeah these days it's it's all very mm, yeah secular I suppose there's not much consideration for any afterlife general attached to it anymore uh, whether that's a good or a bad thing stays in the middle really they're still right. uh, you know well, yes yeah, and for hyperboreans what is actually our, our our most severe punishment it's being forgotten about it's it's being ostracized that is literally our most severe punishment because uh, most of us while we don't look forward to dying uh, there's much worse things than death ostracization and being forgotten uncared for that is the greatest punishment to our people. And, and I think because of that, that's how they managed to trick us into getting into these cages, which is what religion is. Religion is a fucking cage. So to play directly off from the title of the episode, what is the cost of religion? Your freedom. 100%, that's what the cost of religion is. Your freedom. And it completely warps the way people think. Like... Uh our ancestors. We didn't used to consider the supernatural and the natural as if it was two separate things. Because there's no way you can fully understand natural processes. So when weird stuff happens, I mean, it's just as natural as anything else. I mean... What a strange word, though. Supernatural. To me, supernatural, that's like 
a, a tree that's like a thousand years old or uh, pumpkins the size of a car. That's supernatural. Which really, that's what it should mean. That's what it should mean is nature is super and look at what it look at what it can become. It, that's natural and it's super. And you go back far enough, that's actually what supernatural used to mean. Or uh, metamorphosis. Because the transformation of a caterpillar into a butterfly or a moth or something, that is incredible. It is... It is magic. It is magical. The, the birth of a child, the conception of a child, then the birth of the child, the child growing into an adult, the adult uh, growing through life, having offspring of, it, uh, offspring of its own. The adult aging, the adult dying, all of these are magical processes. Each one is supernatural. Well, this podcast, people around the, on the, around the world are listening to us. Yes. This is basically a form of magic. We just call it science because we understand it. And we don't even technically understand it. No. Uh, or I, I understand some of the processes, uh, but could I replicate it? No. Because I don't know how to do everything involved. Or wine, or blacksmithing. Blacksmithing was considered a form of magic, and how is it not? You are taking a bunch of raw ingredients and through dirt heat. Dirt and rocks. Dirt and rocks and through heat and just hard labor turning it into a sword, a cup. A, a nail. Sh- a sheet. Just something as simple as a nail. Which, for people that don't, that's never blacksmith, a nail is one of the hardest things that you will ever make to make well. Or an acorn. People, I mean, if you've ever opened up an acorn and opened it up, is there anything in the acorn that we can see that would say an oak tree could come from that? And we can say, well, it's because it's a seed and then it grows and it grows and it grows and it grows and it photosynthesizes. It doesn't matter how much you explain that with science, and I know it's been explained. How is that not magic? It's an well. What is life itself? It's a form of magic, because they, they can't even actually accurately describe what makes something alive versus not alive. What is the the difference? Well, if you argue that it's they can reproduce, there are rocks that can reproduce. Right. So are those those rocks alive? Maybe. Maybe it's a type of life that we don't understand. And that's one of the costs of religion. Is it doesn't it removes the wonder. It really does. Oh no, there's the wonder of God. There's the wonder of the equality of man. There is the wonder of science. There is the wonder of medicine. Yes, and you're removing the wonder of everything else. I mean, there's a reason that brewing, smithing, planting was a form of magic. I mean, they found seeds 3,000 years old that can still be planted. Yes. I mean, the... It's a form of magic, and it sure it's not a fireball. But here's the thing: is let's be honest. Well, I can create a fireball. Yeah, it's not that hard. Is that a form? That's not nearly as impressive a magic as making a baby. Right. Yeah. I mean, really, it, it's not because it's it's really simple to make uh, a fireball. I can do it first time, first try, every try. I might fail one out of I don't know a thousand tries to create a fireball. However, creating life, on the other hand, even when you break it, you understand how it functions, it still fails quite frequently. There, there is no 100% way to create a baby. 
It, it, it just doesn't exist. So that is very magical, and religion removes or attempts to remove well, wonder. It removes freedom. It removes magic from the world. Even these magic-oriented religions like Wicca, it's all about the magic spells. Oh, Wicca, it's got the magic, and, there, and then there's various forms of Asatru that has magic with the rune staves and the chants and stuff like this. But they're, they're formulating it, and they're focusing specifically on this while ignoring the magic of a tree growing in your backyard. What's that? It's actually funny. Um, <clears throat> you know, the guy that turned water into wine, uh, I can't, yeah, it, it's... Yeah, everyone is familiar with it, right? It's like guy shows up, turns water into wine, and that that does that does leave one with the remark, you know, that really puts the magic out of it. <laughs> you know, like where is the process? Like, what a pity that uh, that that isn't part of all of it. What what kind of wine would that be if it just pops out of nowhere as it is written down? Uh, I can't imagine it's. Uh, yeah, it, it lacks life. It's just there all of a sudden. There is no aging. There is no... Uh, Where's the wonder, the skill, the... Yeah, and and, exactly. and due to it just popping out of nothing, or basically nothing, um, where's the appreciation for it? The appreciation just disappears. Like, some people will go into this whole... Fut because of futurism, that, that's a religion too. Uh, try, art, try talking with one of them, and yeah, they, they will chew your ear off for disagreeing with them but one of the things is um, it's in Star Trek where they walk up to the machine and they say uh, give me a hot whatever tea what are those replicators yeah replicators um, if you can say let's let's say science actually does develop replicators it's not actually beyond the realm of reality <clears throat> uh, very unlikely <clears throat> Because how would they make money off from it so it wouldn't be allowed to exist? But anyways, let's say replicators come into reality. Um, where is the appreciation for the, the object created? All the appreciation for it goes away. Because it's just instant. It's easy. Appreciation disappears. And appreciation is a form of magic. If you don't believe me, what... A, which do you value more? The, the, uh, I don't know, something that, oh, a shirt, a shirt. Or socks. Fuck it, I like socks. We'll use socks as, as an example. The well, the well-made sock that is mass-produced and bought in a pack, would you rather get that or a pair of well-made socks made by hand, thank you, Boudica, made by hand with care, Specifically for you, which one do you actually appreciate more? The, the the gift where somebody had to go spend $5 and they got you a whole pack of socks or the person that spent three days or a week or a month or, or two hours thinking of you while they're knitting these socks or sewing these socks together because they're sewn socks as well. But they made you the socks with their own hands. There's a magic in that and it... It expresses itself through appreciation if you allow magic in your life. Uh, and, you know, I like how you were saying about, um, like, having something happen as easy as 
you know, waving your hand and turning water into wine takes away the magic and the wonder. That's the thing about religion, too, is it's too easy. Like, even if you have to study or you have to go through different, you know, like, say you're Catholic and you have to go through the sacraments and blah, 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 and you could say, oh, well, that's not easy. No, but it is because you're not thinking for yourself. You're just doing what somebody else is telling you to do. Mm-hmm. And you're you're not you're not you're living. Slave. Like, I be, you are. And and that's in a way that's really easy. It's really easy to just say, oh, I'll just listen to what this guy says. I'll just listen to what science says. I'll just go along with it. Or I'll just focus on the afterlife because that's so much easier than trying to live a good, happy life here. Well, you know, that's that's another re- way that religious is, religion is dangerous because you know, it just makes things too easy. And easy is not always better. Easy is not always good. Most of the time, it's not. All right. I'm going to cut right here for a commercial break. I hope that got people stimulated to hear what comes up next. Yay! That was our commercial break. Thank you, everybody that's listening on the podcast. You wanted to say something, uh, Ike? I was going to say, I mean, I've gone over this before. The Christians have actually said, well, some people just want a nice place to go when they die. Despite the fact that I had just explained a bunch of different European Very avenues. nice places to go. Yes. It's possible, not yes. guaranteed. Yes. And I got so hot under my collar. I, I told them, okay, you want a ticket to heaven so bad? There's one under your sink. Drink up. And I meant it because there's no room for cowards in what's to come. If all you want to do is die and go somewhere nicer, then stop wasting our time and energy. Stop wasting our people's time and energy. Well, and if, if you believe in that... Why Why would you even deserve to go? Why would you deserve anything nicer? Yeah, it's it's pathetic. And this is also because CG was talking to me about this because I fall into this modernity trap as well sometimes is that desire of instant gratification. Because think about it. Like, uh, what's the difference between actually putting in the... What's the taste difference between like a, a ha- homemade cup of hot cocoa versus from a packet? Or actual fresh apple cider versus, you know, the packet apple cider. Or like if you get a birthday cake, but it's made with cake mix rather than from scratch. How much better does the one from scratch taste? How much more does it mean that they spent all that time and didn't just pour out some Pillsbury Doughboy and mix in some water and oil? How much more do these things mean? I mean, there's a very big difference between actual fruit juice and Kool-Aid. You can make Kool-Aid in all of a few minutes. If you take your time. Yeah, but or like <laughs> lemonade. The best lemonade I've ever had is is freshly made. Right. Or, I mean, there really is a, a, a magic in life. And the again, <clears throat> through this conversation, really to boil it right down, what is the cost of religion? Freedom. Most people, they, they wouldn't, they're scared of it. They're actually scared of freedom. People around the world have been enslaved for so long. They are terrified at the concept of being free. They want... They require some kind of master overlord. They need somebody to tell them what ritual to perform. Whether it's uh, walking through a door, putting on a mask, uh, make sure to sanitize your hand, have your hand sanitizer... um, Make sure to quote Darwin. It doesn't matter what the thing is. They require somebody to tell them what to do, how to think, because they are scared of being free. There is actually a high price to being free. 
people spout off, go free, but then says, do what I say and do not dare disagree. Is that not a religion? Well, it's not. And here's the thing is, it's not just us and people that are and other races that are affected by universalism. It's the entirety of nature. Yes. Uh, we turn forests into deserts when we build cities. Uh, animals become artificially larger or bigger, like uh, the wild boars. They get enormous. The only reason they're small in Europe now probably has more to do with... Space and food availability than anything else. Yeah, they would actually probably get as big as a bear, if uh, given the time and food stuffs. Because uh, they get really big in America because they have more room to run around in. Right. Uh, same with cougars. Cougars used to be bigger. They're well, they'll now. kill forests by... Uh, well, this this forest is dying off because sometimes they die off on their own. So we're going to plant a bunch of trees that don't actually go here because, well, it doesn't matter. All the trees are the same. Well, I've even gotten into arguments with people about that who are supposed to be experts, like permaculture, for instance. Yes. Uh, it was a guy from India, and he was supposed to be an expert on permaculture. And I asked, and he was this was when you was in college, right? Yeah, and I asked him. So, like, if you did a desert style permaculture, oh yeah, you'd... and just so that people know, we do have a college graduate here. We will not discuss what his uh, doctorate is. It a doctorate that you have? Yeah, bachelor doctorate. Oh, uh, okay. I would take a bachelor. Longer. We will not describe what what his bachelor is in because it doesn't freaking matter. But yes, a college graduate. Uh, the um. The guy, I was like, so would you plant like uh, like date palms and you know like cactus and like all the and like certain kinds of grasses and whatever because you can't really have a temperate or a tropical rainforest style permaculture in the middle of the freaking Arizona, right? And uh, his you could eventually work it to that, but you can't start off with that; it just won't work. No, and it's unlikely. It would require so many generations of work to get it to so drastically changed the natural landscape. He argued we have the technology to do it. And I'm like, well, d- technically, but you'd have to ship in so much water, it would be... Yeah, what area are you going to kill to make this well, it's area It's like California. Live? California is not naturally lush over most of its area. It is. They make several states deserts to make California green. Yes. So, as CG was saying, I didn't mean to interrupt you there, but it's a cost. You can either work with nature or you can work against nature. And if you work against nature, even if you're, say, bettering one area... Well, and religion says nature doesn't matter. Nature is ours to destroy or create. They give it to people. Whereas, yes, we are stewards in paganism, but we're just we're as important as everyone else. It's like beavers. You take beavers away, the environment drastically changes. Uh, bison, you take those away, the environment drastically changes. Bears, eh, everything. Almost anything can be a keystone species. Otters, otters are a big one actually. They help maintain, they help uh, keep the. Never underestimate the value of a worm. Yeah, worms. They cannot be overestimated. So, for anybody that's getting ready to do gardening or if you've already started, go check your ground for earthworms. This is my uh, my plea for earthworms today. Go check your soil for earthworms if you're getting ready to plant or you have already planted. And if there are no earthworms, introduce a few dozen. Just go down to your local bait shop. Go talk to Bob or Sven or whatever his name is. 
buy a few dozen earthworms from him, he will be grateful because this stimulates the economy and odds are um, he's not buying them from some huge earth earthworm farm. I mean, it's Big not, earthworm. Huh? Big earthworm. Yes. Uh, odds are probably Frank or Bjorn is making it or growing earthworms. So you're helping out our people a little bit and go put some earthworms in your soil. Do not underestimate the value of earthworms. Which is perhaps also something that, play, yeah, you kind of mentioned it actually now that I think about it. Um, but I'll, <clears throat> there's one term I want to definitely see used. It's uh, to speak of the supernatural, which we kind of debunked as a, as a valid term to use for anything. But again, it's this twisting of words. Because they actually promote usually the unnatural. It's these, I mean, yeah. How na- how has nature ever intended that one individual or a small group of individuals can actually lord over vast uh, collectives of people over you know, all this abstract stuff at the end of the day? That was never the intention, uh, I like to think, because the, the, the destruction that always follows from it the and also the blindness that's a big one <clears throat> the blindness of the followers of religion of any kind is just well and really they they learn how to not even question do not question anything yeah. it goes hand in hand with that right like the, uh, for example yeah and and corruption always follows from that because if you have a bunch of blind people following you no matter what you say or do they will always uh, count. Uh, what do you say that count out to it? Yes. Yeah. Well, you know, why would these people in control then not start just uh, abusing that? It happens every time. I su- you know, because yeah, those who who, I mean, they're in for power. That's why. That's why you would start a religion. There's no other reason for it. There usually is nothing spiritual about it. Not at all, because it damp. It's totally willing to stamp out uh, any kind of spirituality that has nothing to do with it. So, well, what does that tell us? Yeah, that the only motivation can be about power, gaining wealth, uh, like <laughs> like a certain uh, religion that was made in the USA, where the the so the so-called prophet he came up with a book. He then sent the men off to do something, and they blindly followed, and then that same guy that sent them on their way, then had his way with all their wives. I mean... Oh, I know which one you're talking about. I thought that you was talking about one, and then you said that part, and I'm like, ah, I know who you're talking about. <laughs> you you know, fill in the blanks as you see fit. Um, but yeah, that is, that is not the natural order. That's just a completely self-absorbed self-absorbed individual who just takes advantage of you know fools and the desperate and in the most grievous ways in a natural setting someone like that would not be given that kind of power would okay. not even get a chance and everybody everybody say the mantra with me desperate people are stupid people or are scared <laughs> people scared people do stupid things 
This is our mantra. Desperate people are scared people. Scared people do stupid things. Say that 52 <laughs> times a day. And by the way, don't forget to slap your the inside of your thigh six times while you do it. And Damn then bow. send us 1099 and you too will get into the afterlife of your of your desire. 1099 a month. We promise you not 72, 82 virginal goats <laughs> upon arrival for the low, low price of Ten ninety nine. Right. Uh, but yeah, and it, it's a pattern. It's such a clear pattern. Once you've, if you've seen it once, if you just keep your eyes open, you can see it in all of them because they all, every religion follows that exact same pattern. Even Without the ones that don't call themselves religions, they still yep. follow the same damn pattern. Yep. It's the yeah. Keep an eye on that and hope if you have children, teach them to see that so that they hopefully themselves not fall into such nonsense. Because again, it's it's not for the if you if anyone chooses to follow that, there is not one point in history where a zealous follower of religion had a happy ending. It well, does not happen. Yeah, and, and another important thing for us as, as adults as well as our children or the children or our nieces nephews whatever any children around us that we have access to teach them how to ask questions good questions not just why or what am i expected to say but to actually ask good questions an example of a bad question is uh let me see can you tell me about tear yes you know that's not the intention of that question but they just asked a very poor question so teach, uh, practice asking good questions. Teach the young how to ask good questions. Answer the question by what it is that they ask. To teach them how, uh, like the tired old thing that all the English teachers do it. When you raise your hand, can I go to the bathroom? And he's like, I don't know. Can you? He's trying to actually teach you more than just grammar. Well, used to be that way. They was He was trying to teach you how to think. More so than just grammar. And words, a lot of people like to go on with words matter. They do. But there's more to life than just words. However, asking questions leads to correct answers, I guess. They lead to answers. So if you ask the wrong question, you end up with the wrong answer. It's not necessarily untrue, but it's not the answer to the question that you was actually pursuing. Uh, what what is that the the rule of one degree? You miss by one degree, you go far enough. You're off by a very long by a, a, a exponential margin of one degree. I've I've heard it somewhere before where someone says that uh, if you yeah miss miss by an inch, you may as well miss by a mile. If that's what you were, uh, what you yeah, it, it, it's it's another way of saying the same thing. Yes. So asking, learning the importance of language, learning what words actually mean, learning to use the, the language correctly. While it's not the end-all, be-all of everything, it, it is part of the larger puzzle. Which is, you know, I've railed against people that ju they just focus on words. I'm like, well, words are powerful, yeah, but they aren't, they're not all powerful. It's because it's a piece of the puzzle, it's not the entirety of the puzzle. So, 
yeah, there is power to words. They do matter. They are a spell. However, if you don't back it up, then they become meaningless. If you don't know how to wield it, it becomes meaningless. If the other person doesn't wish to listen, again, they become meaningless. You might as well just be screaming at a wall if the other person, one, doesn't understand what you're saying, or two, just won't listen. Uh, yeah, maybe it's worthwhile to, you know, before it ends, maybe go a little bit into possible, you know, healthier alternatives. Because, okay, now we've pointed out more or less the patterns of religion and the damage it causes, what you, you know, what it, uh, yeah, the negative as aspects. and. Well, you know, I would say the solution to religion is sending us 1099. Send us 1099 a month for the rest of your life. <laughs> And you will get into the hall of your choice. Send care of my <laughs> She's a heretic. Don't listen to her. <laughs> They're going to burn me at the stake after this. <laughs> but I, 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 actually, <laughs> we're going to yeah, burn her at the stake. Um, I forgot why I say now. Now I'm completely derailed. I would say Sorry. part of the solution <laughs> is learning how to actually ask questions. Learning what words actually mean. Um learning how other people think learning who you can who you can actually communicate with and who you can't and then actually doing stuff support actually supporting people that are trying to do things while if they have shown that they aren't actually doing something or trying to do something give people the benefit of the doubt if they're trying to do something like i'm asking for the benefit of the doubt for us we haven't really got far enough to really do do much although uh, what was it, a couple months ago? Put our money where our mouth is. Sent all the money that we generated through our show, through everything that, that we do. Sent all that to Aethel Wolf to help him get out of um, get out of South Africa. And then turned around and sent some, some more of our own personal money. I did it on air. Putting our money where our mouth is. So give people the benefit of the doubt, which is what I'm asking for. However, if somebody's established and they've shown that they aren't actually doing something... They're just continuing to spout meaningless words because they don't back it up. Stop supporting them. Support the people that will actually do something. Do something yourself. Et cetera, trust et cetera. Yourself. Yeah, trust you yourself. Know, trust you. don't, don't always look to other people for answers. Like, yeah, you can, you can get information from people. You can interact with people, things like that. But don't blindly follow somebody. Don't assume that any one person has all the answers because a lot of times... You can find the answers within yourself or on your own. Don't be afraid to do that. Don't be afraid, like CJ was saying, that this is about freedom. Don't be afraid of freedom. And a lot. And if you think that sounds silly, that people would be afraid of freedom, look at all the people wearing masks right now. Look at all the people that cannot wait to get vaccinated against something that may or may not even exist because they're so afraid to say no. They're so afraid to have that freedom to say, I'm not doing it. And this is why we're in the mess we're in now, because people are afraid of freedom. Don't be afraid of freedom. It takes work, but it's worth it. And that's what, that's what our people need. This is the point where we can say, make America the land of the free and the home of the brave again. Yes. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> As it was intended to be. Yes. And that actually also says a lot, doesn't it? Because the the founding of the of the USA and what have you, uh, or you know the initial states and all of that, the motto of the land of the free and home of the brave, yeah, 
seems that religion isn't really helpful in that regard, is it now? No. That's also worth looking into if you're a patriot. Well, and we had the reason why we ended up going from from East Coast to West Coast on this continent, and in both America and Can Canada, was people was leaving the civilized where they were no longer free. They was they was smothered by politics. They was smothered by business. The the religion of business. They was smothered by the the established religions of the time that people think of as religions. Um, they was smothered by the religion of uh, socially acceptable and they 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 left going out to be free and then what happens they send the rest to follow and and re-enslave them and it's not easy it is not easy to be free it really isn't and it is scary but it takes courage what's that Speaks about how fleeing is not an option. Yeah, fleeing is not an option, and really there is nowhere left on the planet to flee to. Everything is claimed. No matter where we go, they will follow. There is nowhere else to run. So we, we mm -hmm. have to start working together now. That's not yeah. a thousand people doing a thousand different things. That's a thousand people working together. To accomplish a, a particular goal, which is what we're trying to do. We're trying to part establish particular goals. We require support to be able to do this. So we require people to work with us. Not against us and not individually over on the side. And yeah, you go get them, killer. But I'm going to sit here and I'm going to play with with my, uh, I don't know, rosebuds. Or my avocado tree, and I'm not going to actually do anything. But when you make it, let me know because then I'll I'll, I'll join up. No, we, we need to work together on the way. That's why we support um, Miobi. That's why she's she comes on here and talks with us. They uh, the sisters of EOS show on this channel. Um, we support her her um, uh, uh, store and um, YouTube channel. Is because she's actually trying to do something and she's working in conjunction with us. We're working together towards an ultimate goal. But if everybody is just standing there doing their own thing, we go nowhere. We need to work together. We have nowhere else to run. There's nowhere that anybody can run. You can have your own 4,000 acres out in the middle of nowhere. And guess what? Somebody is going to show up and control you. And Try we, not paying taxes on that 4,000 acres. And some people are still trying to run, by the way. Yes. They're trying to run to Mars. They're trying to run to the moon. They're trying to run into digital cyberspace. It, it, it's ridiculous. They're trying to ignore reality because reality is too harsh. Needs to stop. Now, an alternative to that, I would argue, yeah, it, you know, bravery. Like actually, actually work on yourself, and rather than consider yourself uh, to be more precious than the people around you, you may actually um, work a bit on your personal nobility. You may actually then find that not only will you then be, you know, upstanding. That's actually the point where you start having people looking up to you. That's where your life starts getting meaning because nobody remembers those who fled away not a soul
all of them underground. That's the stuff of that's the stuff of legend. And you have that opportunity. I would really suggest to anyone take that. You your name may just go into history from now until forever. Who can say? Well, and, uh, we was discussing uh, heroes, me and Ike. We was discussing the heroes of our people. And it's easy to get kind of blackpilled because if you look at a lot of our heroes, they failed. And they failed utterly. Um, but that that's not why they're remembered. They're not remembered because they, fa they failed. They are remembered because they tried, because they stood up against all odds. They still accomplished great things, even though they failed. Not all of our heroes failed, however, though. Some of them accomplished their goals. Some of them accomplished their tasks. What it is that they was trying to do. Um, and then, here's the thing. is There's a lot of people that accomplished great things. But it was easy. So, they're not completely forgotten. But because it was easy, we actually don't place as much value on it as a people. It's not really in our biosphere. We would rather see somebody face off against all odds and fail than for somebody to succeed because it's easy. Who actually made the greater sacrifice? So even if we fail, we're still doing something heroic. Um, but if it was easy, it wouldn't be heroic. Does that make sense? Uh, success and failure has nothing to do with it. It's, it's because we are doing what is not easy. It, it just isn't. Absolutely, and the things that are most worth doing typically are not the easy things. You know, that's just that's just reality. Like, like again, look at the heroes. Look at the heroes of our mythologies, the different quests that they went on. Was any of that easy? I don't think so. And these were the stories that we're still telling all this time later. We're remembering these heroes. There's a reason for that. You know, it's not supposed to be brave. It, you know, it doesn't require any kind of strength or bravery to do the easy thing. You need that when you're doing something that's more difficult. And that's another reason that it makes it more worthwhile. Precisely. And this is the other thing that a lot of people forget is these heroes, they are remembered simply in many ways because of their sacrifice. Whether that is King Arthur, Joan of Arc... Uh, Cullen, or even George Washington, because yes, he won the he won the Revolutionary War. But what happened to George Washington? Uh, he had to if he had lost, it would have he would have lost everything. I mean, he basically lost all his standing and all these other things, and he became the leader of what today is considered a great country, but at the time was effectively a backwater third world nation. I mean, he gave up the prestige of the of being a prominent member of the military in the most powerful country in the world at the time to be the leader of a largely unappreciative backwater country. Now, with hindsight 2020, we are very thankful that he did what he did, and he he's considered extremely impressive, and he's kind of in the civic religion that has is basically American paganism but secularized, if you actually look at it with civic religion that people define it as. Um, he's a very key figure there. There's even a painting, The Apotheosis of George Washington. But if you look at it from the point of view of what happened during his lifetime, he won 
but he lost all this status that he once had, and he gained it in a country that at the time was a nothing burger. If you really think about it, when America first you got started... You everything to do what was right. Fortunately, he won. Yes, and long term, it, it worked out. He became a legend. He became a hero. He became the founder of what I like to think was a great nation, at least for about 100 years there. Yeah. But even in his time, it was all lost, basically. He won. But then shortly after that, they, we were right back in war with them again. The War of 1812 that everyone likes to forget about. It's There's always things that need to be understood of the time period. Like, from the perspective of us, these these this period of, say, the Middle Ages or way before that, there's both a horror and a dreamy aspect to it. Do we really think that if, if everything falls apart, people won't be like, well, it would have been nice to be in a time where I just throw things in a magic box and the food comes out. It'd be nice if I could, you know, have this mechanical horse that and carriage that dry, that I can get play across the continent in a few days. Mm-hmm. You know, it, there'd be all these sorts of, well, I wish I lived when you lived. Not realizing the negatives, the the crushingness of well, the Well, it's day. like, it, even we fall into this. Well, things were easier back then. Were they? Were they really, or were they just different? In some ways, yes. In other ways, no. But from their perspective, things were hard. Same as we have to do something now, as hard as it is. Because if we don't, the next generation will have to pay the price that we refuse to. Well, it's like everybody talks about overpopulation, but then everybody's anti-war, anti-disease, anti-this, anti-that. Everybody is ignoring the obvious solutions to the problem. And instead, come, it's like in my hometown. People had the genius idea that we should uh, neuter the deer. That'll get the population down. Then we don't have to have hunters. This is the way some people think. It's this thing, idea that you can control nature. The secular uh, SJW people even argue we should capture predators. So lions and bears and all these other animals, and teach them not to be predators. You know, basically yeah. brainwash we'll, them. We'll re-educate them to eat flowers. The, yes. Perfect. This is this is the kind of thing that happens. And Right, well, and they become this ill, and it's because of, in this case, it's social religion. Or the religion of diet. And it doesn't matter what side of the spectrum that, that vegan, you, carnivore diet, omnivore way. diet, the sugar diet, the this diet, the that diet, they become really desperate and, ag- and aggressive over it because they know in reality they're wrong. Yeah, I mean, a- anyone who's met a serious vegan, it's a religion to them. It is a religion to them. And ultimately, because we're getting near the end of it here, ultimately the price of religion is your freedom. So do not even it, watch yourself to make sure that you're not inadvertently creating a religion wrapped around yourself. It's it's something we we all have to do. Avoid religion because you can create your own shackles and put them around your own ankles or around your own wrists yourself. So be careful not to create religion as such. 
which is why we we really encourage people embrace your bio spirit who we are we are animals we are social creatures there are going to be rules of engagement i guess but there's a shared bio spirit so really are we following rules or are we just doing what's natural when we when we interact with each other natural to ourselves and i would actually take it a step further and say the cost of religion isn't just your freedom the cost of religion is everything yeah you are owned you are a possession of that religion. And I'm going to go ahead and say that the modern world has created a lot of problems, whether that be through any of the religions you want to name. And one of those is that our friend Aethelwolf is stuck in South Africa right now, which you can help by supporting by either buying his uh, artwork, commissioning him for artwork, directly supporting him via PayPal at uh, Neil Rundgren's at is it hotmail.com oh uk crap i don't remember uh but um i always just go neil neil and then i send him an email (laughs) but the um or more importantly if you are someone from canada that can get him a job it it bypasses a lot of the bullshit and we would be eternally grateful for that um but yeah it's do not allow yourself to be taken in by a religion of any kind i don't care if the god is European, a religion will enslave you. That is how it has always worked, and it is something we have to be willing. And they can call it folkish or universalist. It doesn't matter what words they're using. A religion is a religion. Words are hollow. They used to mean something, but now they're little more than smoke in the air. And with that, I'm going to sign out. Who's next? Who's next? Um, I could go next. Um, Yeah, I mean, I think this was a really good discussion. I think this is something really important for us to continue to talk about. You know, don't be anybody's disciple. Trust in yourself. You know, we can learn from each other. We can support each other. But yeah, don't don't be anybody's disciple. Don't worship anybody. And most importantly, don't be afraid of your freedom. Have a great day, everybody. Yeah, I I would just caution people, um, even if you are, even if you're down on on financial means, if you, if you uh, have maybe nearly no social circle, uh, if you're, if you have no future prospects, whatever it is going to be, it is... It is a terrible situation to be in. I've been there. I can tell you this much. The solution is not to blindly join this or that group and surrender your own will to it. What you need to do is to find the people that will help help you, you help them, and build one another up. That is healthy. That is keeping your own independence as a person and from that comes a strong, can come a strong collective, a strong group that will stick, you know, stick together in times of hardship. Do not become, yeah, please, uh, for those who are in such uh, strains, don't allow yourself to become another brick in the wall <clears throat> to build another man's house.
because it will eventually hurt you. You will have nothing to your name at the end of your life. That is the fate of everyone that follows uh, religion <clears throat> in any form it comes. Heroes, on the other hand, they are remembered. And with that, I'm gonna leave that thought. And you all have a good one. Alright, uh, yeah. Pretty much all I have to say is um, just remember we are the gods of the future.
Oh, thank you.